0: Hmm? Ah.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, you...
2: Today, we'll be covering the fifth and sixth episode. The fifth episode is titled Living with the Enemy, and the sixth episode is titled Amour a
1: Nice. Throwing in a little French
2: I, in there. I was, I was kind of impressed when I did that. I was, I you, know how.
1: I was waiting. I was waiting <laughs> to see how that was going to come out, and you did really well, because you know what? I had to look it up just to <laughs> make sure. I didn't, I didn't take French in high school. I took German. Because it was easier. But yeah, a morpho. Very good. It means uncontrollable or obsessive passion.
2: Hmm. That makes sense for that episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had, I thought, okay, what does that mean? Because it has to be like a running theme of the show, and it does. So I'm super excited. I'm excited to be covering two episodes. We're going to speed things up a little bit. Um, these next couple, once we're going to get some of these out, because we know people are anxious to hear more and more about this. And and it's hard to not watch more than one episode yeah. when you these end on such a note that you just want to keep watching. So we've decided to cover two episodes from here on, um, schedules accommodating anyway. So that's what we're doing this week. Um, I hope everyone's arms and legs are inside the car. I hope your seatbelt is securely fastened because if you thought this was already a wild ride, well strap yourselves in, boys and girls, because this week you is going full bat shit. Yes, and I'm here is. for it. This was
2: the first like time <laughs> Tiffany's actually sat down and watched a show with me too, and she watched these two episodes. So
1: Oh wow. Yeah. That must have been quite a quite a ride for her um especially if those are the only ones that she has seen. She's probably yeah. like what the hell?
2: What the fuck is he doing? He's yeah. not right. I'm like no, he's not.
1: No, she needs to go back. She needs to go back and watch it. I, I'd i love to hear what she has to say about it. But I'm here for it because it, it, I, I love a wild, crazy ride and they take us on one. So um, I think with that, we need to just jump into our top five. I'll start off this week because I'm feeling it. Um, My number five is stalkers everywhere. <laughs> just everyone's a stalker stalkers everywhere um so we we kind of find out that um joe is not or we know that he starts to stalk peach but we find out that joe is not beck's only stalker peach He's is not also even the most
2: recent stalker
1: i know because he he thinks oh i'm the first one And he's not. Peach has been doing this for quite some time. I think we we can, it's pretty safe to say Peach is in love, or at least infatuated, right, Um, with Beck, but she's also been creeping on her and has been for years. She's got all those pictures of her in various states of undress. That was a little bit creepy. Um, And she keeps. Beck in a state of always needing her, which is always also kind of weird, this weird relationship yeah. thing that she kind of has with her. It's like, she just always wants to make sure Beck, you know, needs her for something. It's like, I, and I remember mentioning it before, like how she kept, you know, it's like, she didn't want her to be interested in Joe. She wanted her to be interested in guys like Benji because she knew how, how it was going to end up and that, you know, Beck would always kind of come back around to Peach. She knew it wasn't going to work out for her um you know she's and she sabotaged her with that agent that she turned her to who was also a total creep
2: yeah well and that Um, was a setup too because if if beck tried to do something with him thinking like maybe she could get ahead wherever she was going you know instantly that would end anything with her and joe because i'm sure she had some place to use that with joe
1: sure like let's you know because he was a good-looking guy i mean he was a total jerk but you know he was a good-looking guy so if you know she got Beck to kind of fool around with this guy, then that could jeopardize her relationship with Joe. So, yeah, like you said, that would, you know, already, you know, kind of break them two up. And he's um, been, like,
2: turning himself around. He's been clean since nine eleven. so.
1: I know, and he was even in an airport. Yeah. When yeah. it happened, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I swear.
1: <laughs> I just...
2: There was a couple of good like one-liners in this for sure.
1: I know. It's just these it's just this whole round table of people we keep getting introduced to, it's like just more and more absurd as we go. And this agent was just really, you know, um icing on the cake for me. But um I just found it really interesting what we find out more about Peach and her own obsession that she has with Beck. Um, and how she has this history of how she inserts herself between Beck and whatever guy she's with, um, and then how many suicide attempts? Apparently, this one that she has here is not her first one. Yeah,
2: I, it sounds like it's happened quite a bit. And it's always kind of it seems like when, like you said, whenever she was getting kind of intimate with Joe, or you know, it seems like she had like Spidey senses. Like she's like, oh my gosh, they're getting too intimate together. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my weird made up stomach thing is starting a weird
1: bladder thing flares up and needs to go to the doctor and and now they have that fight you know bet gets angry at her about what happened with that agent and tells peach you know joe is joe said that he called it he was right and that really sets her off and yeah she she goes and and does this mock suicide attempt but i would never you know um and under real circumstances, call anyone out for that because it's you, there are people that, that, you know, it's a cry for help, um, even if they're not successful. But clearly this is something that she it, – it was not a cry for help. It was a, a cry for attention to get Beck back, back under her thumb again. And it's clearly worked in the past too.
2: And, like, Joe was in the right there. Like, in that situation, even though he, he knew she was faking it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he was
2: trying to get her to call a doctor because – you know, it was, it would have been a way to get her off of their case, I guess. But like in real life, you would definitely call the doctor. I think you would call somebody, especially if it's happened multiple times. Like that's Mm -hmm. not healthy for anybody whatsoever.
1: No, not at all. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see how she wrote down what, like what she took, how, like she was keeping track of it and realizing that it wasn't enough. And, then Joe, yeah, like you said, calls her out on it, like, well, maybe we should take you to the hospital, or maybe we should go to the doctor, and, um, I mean, because if it was real, I mean, I don't know, that's, that's pretty scary, I don't know, I mean, I guess Beck's used to it, but she's also um, not really been in any real danger. That's I true. think if, yeah. if she had been in real danger and had truly tried to attempt suicide, that she would need to go to a doctor that you're not just going to be able to get someone to throw up, throw them in a cold shower, um, use some Narcan on them and, and hope that it reverses it. It is something I think that you can do in a quick pinch, um, which that was something that I learned. I did not realize, um, just a fun fact for, um, all, all of our, um, audience members, the nasal spray that he, that they were talking about that they referenced in, uh, this episode, um, has narc, I guess it has narcan in it, or it's called narcan. I can't remember, it's been a while since I googled it. Um, and I write- didn't write it down fully, but it can help be used to, uh, or it can truly be used um, to help fight the effects of an overdose. Paramedics huh. use it, interesting. Yeah, when they get on the scene and they get a call for um, a possible OD, they will quickly administer narcan um, to fight it. But it's interesting because it's also a narcotic itself
2: but it's also huh. used
1: to treat an overdose. It's kind of weird. I don't understand the whole drugs and chemistry thing. So It's I don't, like when I'm you all... take
2: more shots to cancel out the shots you had.
1: It's. Kind of, I was kind of like, oh, you're kind of taking more drugs to kind of cancel out the <laughs> drugs you just took. But anyway, like I said, I don't pretend to understand it. I'm not a nurse, pharmacist, physician, anything like that. Um, but it is a real thing. But the kind that they have, this isn't just some nasal spray you can get off the counter, right? This isn't something you're buying at your local pharmacy. You have to actually have a... Um, Prescription. Prescription for, hmm. so I'm guessing it's not all readily available um, in um, in medicine cabinets. That's why whenever I Googled it, I was like, well, how does Peach just happen to have that? And then when Joe later on tells Paco mm, to, yeah. he's like, hey, see if your mom's got some of that in her, in her medicine cabinet um, to give to that um, drunk Ron on the floor. Um, I was like, does everybody just have this? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't have that. So I don't have any nasal spray, much less this prescription nasal spray that, you know, counteracts a possible OD. But anyway, fun fact for everyone that I thought was kind of interesting. So that's my number five is this twix or sick, twisted uh, relationship that Peach has with Beck. You know, I'm fine if she's like secretly in love with her, but clearly it is a little bit twisted and how yeah. she sees that relationship and how she treats Beck. And, how she manipulates her and her situations and her relationships and how she manipulates her into, you know, with these suicide attempts and things, that's not cool. I mean, if she, if, you know, she's in love with her, but she doesn't know how to explain that you don't, it's not what you do right with someone that you love, you know, you want the best for that person, even if it's not you. So.
2: Well, it's kind of like, Peach and Joe are really like the exact same person. I mean, they're both doing the exact same things to to her. Like when he gets his butt kicked by that drunk guy, he kind of let it lets it happen mm-hmm. because it's a way for him to kind of get. Well, one, I the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh, now he's got his alibi.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because that was
2: right after he hit Peach in the head with a brick. Yep. And, you know, and then coming out, I was like, OK, well, she survived. She's got a concussion. OK, well, I've got this thing that happened to me, too. So maybe I can one up Peach in this uh which i I'll get to that whole interaction later, but that was oh pretty yes
1: good. oh yeah yeah it's it's funny that you said that I thought the same thing once I found out how twisted um. Peach's was with Beck, it's not like, oh, she's not just in love with her. This goes a lot deeper and weird and twisted. And it's actually kind of ironic because under other circumstances, Peach and Joe could actually exchange, like, stalking techniques and methods (laughs) or something. It could be like, oh, this works for you? Well, let me tell you about this.
2: Oh, (laughs) you you put the phone up to your ear and turn. Oh, okay. That's such a great move. Wear a hat.
1: (laughs) Wear a hat and hide behind a tree. and. (laughs) Anyway, that's my number five. What have you got?
2: Uh, my number five, I'm just going to go with the, the runner's high with this. So, oh. you know, we see Peach as a runner and Joe kind of starts stalking her to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he builds up some pretty good running ability. Uh, you know, when he first starts, he's like thinking it's just kind of mind over matter. And then he's like, oh, my God, why does my kidney hurt? <laughs> but
1: realistic.
2: Yeah. But one of the best lines in this, too, is uh, as they're at the party at the bookstore, Peach comes over and talks to Joe and Joe interrupts her being rude. Be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I started running now. She's like, oh, my God, runner's high is so much better than sex. And from what I've heard, last a lot longer than most. (laughs) Touché. Touché, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But it's interesting he's taken this kind of – trickery to another level to follow her and at the end of that last episode I wasn't expecting him to like come up behind her and hit her with a brick
0: right like I
2: was expecting that to all be kind of like in his head Mm -hmm. because he seemed pretty upset about it like he didn't realize he he, I mean I think he realized he did it but didn't realize he did it
1: like he didn't he was surprised at himself yeah exactly oh shit I just what did I just do he's looking at the rock like what did I just do so I don't think he expected himself to react that way
2: which I think, you know, there's, there's other things in this, too, that I think are starting to build some blocks. that, Like, earlier in this the series, I said, I don't think this is the first time he's done stuff like this. It just mm-hmm. seems too convenient. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to see some of those things get loosened up in his noggin that are like, oh, I think some stuff he's repressed is going to start coming to the forefront. Like, yeah,
1: that's true. Like, he's in denial about some exactly, things he's done, yeah. maybe. yeah. Like,
2: he's he's got these skills that he has that he's, like, maybe not realizing he's like, oh, I'm doing these things. Cause they just seem too smart. Like the whole laptop thing with the Mac, you know, like he steals it, right. Hides it at her house, which I thought was pretty genius. Like Mm -hmm. hides it out in her front door. And then, you know, she's searching his room and everything. And you know, he's like, Hey, why don't you try your find a computer? And again, another great line is like, don't mansplain to me. I know how fine my computer works.
1: A lot of good lines,
2: (laughs) but, but my number five is just kind of him taking the next level with this runner's high. And to the extent, even the attack on peach, the first attack on peach.
1: Yeah. Are you a runner, Sean? Do you run? I know that you work out.
2: No, I used, uh, when I was at the gym, gym, I would try to run about a mile and a half, two miles, but I've kind of given up on the whole thought. Like when this spring and summer, I might jog a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I, I'm not a fan of running.
1: I'm well. I'm not either, and I know you. Yeah, I remember you did a little bit because you sent me that video. You were jogging in the park some time ago, and you sent me that video of the birds. Yeah, damn birds.
2: There's like Um, ten thousand birds out there.
1: Right, but you. you, But you're capable. Like you may not enjoy it. You don't. You're capable of it. Have you Have you experienced runner's high? Is there Is that a thing?
2: Um, no, nothing that I would say is like better than sex. Like usually. You know, <laughs> well, whenever... I didn't go that far, but <laughs> <laughs> whenever I've like run really, like when I was in good, like running shape, you know, I could get like a good, like, you know, mile in under six minutes, maybe five minutes, not five minutes, sorry, like under seven minutes, maybe
1: that's pretty good,
2: like seven to eight minutes. I don't want to exaggerate too much. It wasn't, it wasn't like amazing, but it was, we'll say eight minutes. You
1: could, but... you could hold it. That's not bad. I, I'm just, I'm curious because I, I, I aspire to be. I hate cardio, number one. I, I just do. I don't care what kind of cardio it is. I hate it. But running, I struggle with, um, probably because my knees and my ankles are not great. They go, they just like, the, it'll give out on me. Like my knee will just like yeah. doing and just give out on me. And I literally face plant. I mean, I cannot exaggerate that. It's true. Um, but I aspire to be cause I'm like, they runners look so happy. And so I'm, mm. and I thought one time I was trying to build myself up to running. Like I was doing, I wasn't doing a specific program. I was just trying to slowly build myself up. Cause I thought, well maybe my knees and ankles aren't that great because I don't do it. Maybe I can strengthen them. So I was trying to condition myself and I was doing like that P90X, um, the, what was the second one that's like for um, athletic training or whatever it is. So I was doing that and I was feeling really great and, and and agile and stuff. So I was trying to do more running and I thought I came pretty close to it one time and I thought this must be what it's like. But I just thought, I don't know. I just find that interesting when she's talking about like, Oh, if you just find that song that a good song, just, you know, like you just forget about the whole thing. And I'm like, I just, I'm calling BS. I'm sorry. Y'all can write me in and tell me about your runner's high and the amazing songs that you listen to while you're running. Um, and I'm happy for you. But tell me your secrets, please, because I want yeah. to one day do that. But I struggle. I struggle with cardio. Anytime so, I've had that
2: good, good run, I usually just end up falling to the mats and like trying not to throw up.
1: Exactly. I, uh, and yeah, my remote. kidneys are hurting.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number five, just runner's high, which unfortunately neither one of us have experienced.
1: No, no, I have not had any runner's high. It's I want to. I aspire. Like I said, uh, tell me your secrets. That's why I won't be stalking any runners anytime soon. So if you are a runner, you are safe from me stalking you. I'll get a golf cart and follow at a safe distance. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's actually my number four, um, which is can't take peaches down easy. I'm just going to keep calling her peaches. Cause I, I just love how it irritates her. And I just kind of get a, I get a thrill out of that. So I'm gonna, um, like I said, that was some realism that was totally inserted when Joe began stalking peach. He gets so pissed off at her and irritated at, you know, how she was manipulating the situation with back in that agent, um, so he begins to to stalk her, and he's you know forced into these morning runs um, and It's like just because you start stalking doesn't mean you're automatically in good shape to do so. so I like that there was some realism inserted there because um you know we're not all in that kind of shape um, but what I did kind of struggle with a little bit, and you mentioned it was how reactive he became when he did hit her with a rock. Um, he did seem like he wasn't prepared to do it, he just totally kind of got so mad like he worked himself up in his head and got so worked up that he gets this rock and hits her with it doesn't even stop to like check her pulse like is she really dead it's like dude did you learn nothing from benji because he really whacked benji with that Yeah, and there was a lot of
2: blood there too i know to me was like unless somebody got to there's like permanent brain damage
1: i know i thought he he could have easily to me, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. I've never, I talk like I know what the hell I'm talking about. Like I've done it and I haven't, but I feel like, you know, if you hit someone, crack their skull hard enough with a rock, I, I and I guess it depends on where you hit. I've heard in some shows it kind of depends on where you hit because, like, your brain or, sorry, your skull is thicker in some places than it is mm. others. Yeah, but I don't sense. know. I feel like she would have had a shattered skull somewhere. Like, she should have been suffering some, some more extensive injuries instead of just a concussion. I don't know. But he doesn't even check the check that she's dead there was a lot of blood but head wounds let's remember boys and girls head wounds bleed very easily like just a tiny little you know laceration you can really bleed out quite quickly because you have all those capillaries and vessels and stuff running all through your head into your brain but anyway he hits her with this rock he totally panics he throws the rock with her blood (laughs) on it and i think i don't know if you can fingerprint a rock But I feel like there's some epithelials or some DNA, maybe fingerprints on this rock.
2: That's not the brightest idea, throwing it right there.
1: He just, yeah, just tosses it off to the side close to where she falls, and I'm thinking bad move. And she's, and then we find out she's not dead. Joe's freaking out like, oh shit, she's not dead. Uh, She's merely concussed. And can she identify him? (laughs) And she was only in the hospital for three days, didn't she look pretty amazing there at Beck's when he goes to visit her? I'm like, how how does she look so good? Yeah. She just got whacked on the head. Where the hell is your bruise? I a feel bandage, like she, yeah. yeah, I thought her head was gonna be, or at least not her whole head, like she had surgery or something, but like a a small bandage for where she got hit on the head. I thought she would have been bruised because I feel like when you get hit on the head and you're standing up running, you're going to smack face on the floor or like face on the um, or side of her face on the uh, pavement. Did Did she not have any scratches on the side of her face? Or bruises from when her face hit the pavement. It just makes me crazy when I see things like this in TV or movies. If she's going to be fine, then at least make it look real like she actually did have suffered some type of injury. Because she looked pretty fresh, like she went to a spa and was well rested. So anyway, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that. Because I just thought, that's a few problems that I had with that whole scene. Um, I I am curious as to how he seems to have these outbursts. Seems to be kind of consistent. He you know, has these outbursts, um, he did it with Benji, he's done it with Peach, he he even has his outbursts at Beck sometimes, like when they're arguing, like they're That's kind true. of arguing yeah. about that agent, and he's like, he he's not going to sign you, okay, and he kind of goes off on her, and we've seen that a couple times, so it's kind of interesting to see um, Joe's frame of mind and how he reacts in those situations and how he reacted here, um, but I think we all kind of wanted to hit Be- or uh, Peach with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we just a maybe little not bit. a
2: rock, maybe like a like a semi frozen snowball
1: or just maybe wish that she maybe trip over a little pebble as she's running and not yeah. fully hurt herself. But just like a little sprain bit of a, her
2: ankle where it's yeah, a, sp- she sprains her ankle so she can't run anymore. So she puts on like a couple extra pounds,
1: just a little karma kick. Yeah, isn't that what in that what, what? someone had a really good. Oh, that's what it was. Um. You know, the band Godsmack. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. that's
1: how. That's what they call that. It's kind of like the karma thing. They they call it. That's your god smack.
2: Oh, I got gotcha.
1: you. Okay, <laughs> So that she got her. She she needs that little god smack. <laughs> her little comeuppance for being a little twat sickle. Anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but she it's kind funny. of is. I mean, you look at like <laughs> you kind know of is. She's kind she of gets awful. she gets out, and I think I I kept trying to debate if she thought it was joe or not i felt like she kind of had an idea that it was but you know joe comes in he just got the shit kicked out of him so even if she doesn't like let's say she doesn't think it's him that did it like she legit thinks it's a stalker because she's had stalkers before supposedly right he shows up with a balloon and like is caring even after getting the butt kicked out of him and Mm -hmm. she comes back and says you know um beck can you ask joe to leave because I don't need any, what she, how'd she put it? Um,
1: oh, I have it. Um, well, first he's instructed to remove anything that has touched other people or the subway. And Peach uh, is whining that male energy in her healing space just isn't <laughs> optimal. And says it while he's talking yeah. about Joseph to back while he's standing right there in front of her.
2: He's he's right here. He can hear you. I don't need that confrontation right now.
1: She's she's terrible. I yeah. I she I'm not saying she deserved to die. I'm not I will not say that, but she needed a little she she needed a little knock in the head. Yeah. Maybe not that hard, but she needed a little god smack. She needed to come up just Back a little bit.
2: My tea.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could never be friends with someone like that she's terrible she's awful it's not a nice human no anyway it's my number four
2: uh so my number four i'm gonna move into kind of peach's plan i think in general so uh it's not very clear if this uh paris trip was planned beforehand or not i'm gonna guess Mm -hmm. it probably was Mm -hmm. and the whole attack on her kind of just pushed that a little bit further
0: and I right. wouldn't even be
2: surprised if she knew that Joe was kind of watching her. It seems like these both have – both Joe and Peach have this knowledge of each other. It's like we're I'm waiting for the first person to screw up. Yep. And maybe Peach was getting a little bit uh, too – what's the word I'm kind of thinking of? She was like losing her patience with it, so she was trying to hurry the process up mm-hmm. and get Joe caught by either like, you know, the the laptop or maybe catch – him like chasing her or something and like i don't think she thought she'd get attacked by him but somehow have proof that he's following her and he's a creeper and he, she could take away back forever but when this happens she gets hit she's got to kind of hurry this up so she takes back to this private place where she knows she'll be safe brings this guy who i guess they know who's raj <laughs> and you know they, everybody
1: needs a raj in their life <laughs> yeah
2: but honestly like this is like you know I think all guys like biggest fear and Joe got to like witness this firsthand. It's like whenever like your girlfriend or someone's like, oh, me and my girl, we're just going to hang out here by ourselves. Like are not many fucking dudes there.
0: <laughs> and then like you're like,
2: oh, my God, I bet they're having a three way right now.
0: Uh huh.
2: That's what you think. You start freaking out. And Joe's seen that, right? He's under the bed. He's about to be under the bed where his girlfriend <sighs> cheats on him with Raj and Peach. It's a Raj Peach
1: sandwich. Yeah. Yes.
2: something. (laughs) But it was just, it was like, she definitely planned that for her. And I think that's kind of where like it was all falling in place of like, you know, she has feelings for, uh, for Peach or for, uh, Beck and she wants to try and like make this happen so that, you know, Mm -hmm. because obviously if they had a three way or even if they just made out or like something happened between those guys, Beck would have no other choice to leave. It's like, right. well, I can't stay in New York now because Joe, I'm to have to tell him what happened, so now it's just time for me to leave and do this journey in Paris. Yeah. But even then, you know, they had the argument between Peach and uh, Beck about, like, why stuff happened the way it did, and... You know, you, you talked like I think it was an earlier episode, It's kind of like the Me Too movement and stuff like that. And Peach was kind of turned that around on her. It's like, well, you leaned into me like you were doing all these things like, yeah. you were basically I was just going with it. Like, I, you know, I thought that's what you were wanting kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Such manipulation.
2: Oh, yeah. And I and, totally
1: believe that. I don't know when when, you know, Peach uh, planned this trip or anything, but she totally printed that off. And, and had that out purposely so so Joe yeah. would see it. I oh, mean yeah, totally. Yeah. She wasn't trying to hide that at all. I mean, you just you put that shit on your phone, right? I mean that's typically you know. who
2: prints those these days? Like nobody. nobody. Nobody prints those out. Old people. Yeah.
1: I see old people at that sorry, old people if you're listening. No no disrespect. But um that's typically who I see printing out those boarding passes that, you know, you actually print on computer paper at, at home or whatever are um old people. <laughs> um, otherwise you either get it at the airport, at the kiosk, or you just have it on your phone. Mm-hmm. I much prefer my phone. Cause you know what? I lose paper. I am a nervous damn wreck at the airport. The last thing I need is a piece of paper that I need to not lose.
0: Yeah.
1: Cause I'm going to lose it because i'm already losing my shit worried about am i getting to the airport on time did i find my gate i got to get through security um now i have this darn piece of paper that they want to see so i can get uh, at the gate oh my gosh i'm a nervous wreck i'm going to lose it my phone at least i'm almost sure i'm going to make sure that yeah. i have with me so yeah I, she did she totally did that for joe's benefit she's she's onto joe and suspects him rightfully so she's totally right but yeah, she totally let that out for his benefit.
2: And again, I feel like it's just her trying. Like they're both trying to catch each other and have Beck realize it. Mm-hmm. So it's just it was really interesting to see kind of the bickering back and forth between the two. But but yeah, my <laughs> yeah. number four is just kind of throwing out Peach's plan.
1: It there certainly was some interesting exchanges between everyone. Um, the, you know. These two episodes between Peach and Joe, uh, Joe and Beck, Beck and Peach. Um, lots of different go-betweens arguments, some, some things coming to the surface, um, you know, and things coming to light. It was very interesting. And lots of good, like you said, lots of good one-liners. I laughed so hard uh, so many different times during those two episodes with some of those one-liners. So it was, it was interesting.
2: Uh, the only problem I had with these two episodes, though, is it felt a little bit more campy than the rest of them.
1: Yeah,
0: because
2: of those one liners like it felt like it was taking a step forward into like, okay, before it was kind of like creepy stalker. And now it's kind of like, okay, now it's it's a parody of itself kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, this definitely with episode six, it definitely kind of went there. But I think, you know, it's, I'm okay with that, because I don't think it's trying to take itself too seriously. I don't think.
2: That's, not not now. I would agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think right now it's still trying to take itself too seriously just yet. So I'm kind of okay with with that kind of vibe. I like campy, um, as long as it doesn't try to be something other than campy. Um, so yeah, really good stuff. Well, my number three is just I have to, I wanted to just kind of mention again these unspoken rules of television medicine. Um, I, I mentioned earlier when peach with peaches, you know, in her you know how she did how when she fell she didn't hurt those perfect cheekbones um or get a scratch not even any bruising um after joe attacked her. you would think she would at least have some bruising on the side of her head at least where he hit her yeah. or where she fell um or a scratch when her face hit um but no so but then we get joe and his car accident and he's already beat to <laughs> shit He's already beat the shit. He already looks like hell because Ron beat the shit out of him, which I'm not sure I fully understand why that that happened.
2: That was kind of out of left field too.
1: I mean, I get Ron really hates Joe. Like he just hates him. But for him to just attack him out of nowhere, and especially when he essentially just saved his life, I don't know that Ron knew that or even cared or appreciated what he did. But he, he, he wakes up from this you know, sleep that he's in and nearly coma, nearly dying, I guess. And all of a sudden just starts beating up on Joe, kind of a weird situation. So I'm not really sure how I feel about that because it seemed a little off. Um, but, you know, he's already beat to hell from this guy, healing pretty well. And then has this car accident where he tries to avoid hitting Bambi um, in in 1% land and has this huge gash on his head, which – seemed fairly realistic but then when he needs to cover it up it was just so easily covered with a baseball cap i don't know yeah. i don't wear baseball caps all the time i have this weird shaped head of like this really little head that i don't wear a lot of hats and caps things don't fit me very well so i don't know tell me you're a guy do you wear hats does that seem does that seem real to you um
2: i mean first off if you're caked in blood like he was like it wasn't just kind of like a, a little gash that had like clotted over like there was like just blood all over he already looked beat to hell yeah so i don't i don't know i don't think that'd be something you could get away with Um uh, and plus like the the one thing that we thought was weird as i was watching this is when he drove that car into that bank
1: mm-hmm. and he backs
2: his car out not a scratch on it
1: not a scratch not a dent No. now look i i love cars i I am not um all knowledgeable and I don't claim to know everything. I do know a good muscle car and a good old classic when I see it. So I know that they're quite sturdier than what they are yeah. now. Them old cars, they're like tanks, you know, and and they're pretty awesome. So it, it they can take a little bit of a beating, but to see how hard they made it look and yeah. to not have some type of little dent at least in the chrome. I mean the chrome was even scratched.
2: No, Nothing. it looked just like it came. And, it, and I understand. He's just brushing this. it off. <laughs> it's kind of like the Dukes of Hazard. you know, whenever you see those cars <laughs> jump and hit. Like, if you watch close, like the axles and the car busts and everything, yeah. like it, it, the car gets destroyed. But then the yep. very next scene, it just looks fine. So I understand kind of the TV, you know, Ugh. makeup of the, of it all. But
1: you know how many Dodge Chargers they went through filming that show? Oh, yeah. I love that show, by the way. That's that. That's what started my obsession with Jeeps. That's why I own oh, a Jeep really? Because of Daisy Duke and her Jeep. I wanted a General Lee like the boys, but <laughs> you know, I couldn't be a boy, so I'm like, well, I'm going to go with what Daisy has. So I, <laughs> I, I, got a Jeep like like Daisy Duke. Um, but yeah, went through a lot of General Lees. Yeah, it just seemed just seemed a little odd that he hits that hard. He he does have a pretty good gash, and it looks pretty swollen. Um, So that seems somewhat realistic, but I expected a lot more blood. Um, I also did not expect it to be so easily covered up. But although he did suffer some ill effects, he was woozy. He was kind of out of his mind a little bit, and he did have some hallucinations. So I don't know. Just seemed like we're dealing with some unspoken rules of television medicine that kind of annoyed me just a little bit um, for the purposes of the show. But I guess I'll overlook them for now because i am being thoroughly entertained that's for sure yeah
2: so I think it's like you said if it keeps going a little bit more campy like i can get behind it because it, again it doesn't take itself serious but it's kind of like uh when we watched um lost in space like there's yep. times where it was like campy but then there's times it felt like it was trying to take itself really seriously and it didn't really mesh well
0: yeah and so far true. this one's
2: kind of stayed pretty even with with because There's been numerous times where he's gotten in situations like, how the hell did you get out of this? Like,
0: Mm -hmm. he
2: should have been caught numerous times. Like, even with that cop, like a cop sees a guy who looks concussed, looks like he's in bad shape, probably would offer a little bit more help than just be like, ah, no, go on your way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that cop. We're going to have to talk about him later for sure. It was kind of weird how, um, just another thing about, you know, rules of TV, how he just thought it was going to be so easy to talk this cop down from running his plates or, you know, just, you know, letting him go, which I don't know. I'm, I don't know if what, I guess I was kind of confused when I see this cop, you know, he didn't look like he had wrecked. He, Joe just pulled off on the side of the road. If, if he had those scratches dent something to show, Oh, he's had an accident. I'll pull over and see if he's okay. Does he need help or anything like that? But I'm curious as to why that cop just decided. Oh, there's someone pulled over on the side of the road. Everything looks okay. Why did he pull over and
2: well,
0: become it was so suspicious?
2: Kind of a back road. So yeah. one, I'm kind of curious whether it was even a cop down that back road.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. usually, like you know, I'm from like in the country area where like we live on gravel roads. And if you see a cop on the gravel road, you're like, all right, there's like a, a high school beer party or something like that right. that he's being told about. Like they just don't go down those roads. There's no reason Same. to. Because nobody lives there. There's nobody there at all. So why would you waste the time going down a gravel road?
1: Right. Like they're well, unless they're purposely going somewhere to arrest someone. Yeah, exactly. Or if there is an accident and they get called out there. Because it's the same here. I mean, there's tons of roads that you know that you can drive on. You're not going to run into a cop. But oh boy, that one time you do, and that's why. Um, you know, but you can be stranded on the side of the road and you ain't get no cops passing you by around here. I can promise you, they're um, too busy. Sitting in their cars, watching people on Main Street.
2: (laughs) That's what they do (laughs)
1: That's what they do around here, eating donuts. Sorry, cops. I know they're not all like that, but they are around here. I don't Um, know. I
2: love donuts, so.
1: (sighs) I love donuts, too. Freaking donuts are my downfall every time. Anyway, it's my number three. That was a little bit of a rant, but anyway, short and sweet. What's your number
2: three? All right, so my number three, I think, is the uh, memory in the closet, Mm -hmm. if you will. It's Candace. Oh, so Candace. We get numerous kind of flashbacks to Candace and mm-hmm. very attractive lady. Um seems like she is uh a little risque as well because it looks like they were kind of gonna fool around on the bed.
1: Yeah. She looks but, a little adventurous.
2: Yeah. But it seems like we kind of get it a lot in, in like I think three or four scenes, we get a lot of the picture of kind of potentially what happened between Candace and Joe so we see them go on a trip. Uh She has her phone. Joe says something about, like, I thought we said no phones. And when you progress a little bit further into these memories, you find out that Joe is suspecting her of cheating on him. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite catch what she said, but she said something about she needed to keep up appearances when she was, like, texting somebody back and forth. Yeah. Um, Which kind of gives red flags whenever stuff like that comes up. but. You know, you, you, with the way we know Joe has these outbursts and we know that he has these kind of stalker tendencies to kind of, like, figure out what's going on, it kind of leads me to believe that, like, Candace didn't just leave. Like, I, again, I go back to what I said earlier that I think something involving Joe happened there. Mm-hmm. Did you have any what were your kind of some of your thoughts on what you saw with Candace?
1: Well, and it's interesting you, you bring her up because it, she's actually my number one, Candace, and that first glimpse that we get of her, um, her this mysterious ex that we've heard referenced in some past episodes, we hear of her, haven't seen her until now, um, and she shows up in this hallucination with an Ariana lollipop and Lolita sunglasses, very subtle by the way, Um I thought she was very interesting but I I the more I thought about it whenever I was thinking of their these conversations that he's having with her I know she's not really there I'm talking like she is but I know she wasn't um the more I thought about these conversations that he's having with her I'm wondering how much we can trust what is what the exchange is between the two because it's coming from Joe's perspective and it's not the real Candace he's he's having this conversation Um, you know, in a hallucinatory way, right? Um, So I don't really know how much I can trust to this. I know that he did mention to that girl at the party a few episodes back when he was at that party with Beck at Peach's house and right when they were getting ready to leave and uh, somebody that had recognized Joe. She's like, Hey, Joe, you know, we heard about Candace. And he's like, Oh, yeah. Well, she's, you know, she's in, you know, Rome. And they were, she acted concerned. Like, Well, we were concerned when she just up and left so suddenly, which sounds really suspicious.
2: Yeah. And we we had two episodes. And he mentions of- a
1: guy, you know, or he does. He mentions, Oh, well, he, she decided she'd be happier with some guy in Rome or oh, something. So, yeah. yeah. And then he mentions this cheating thing or suspects her of cheating during his hallucinations talking to her. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. I hope we get like some flashback episodes or something with her and get some more of that backstory. I mean, I'm dying to know what happened. Like you said, how far does this go back with Joe, you know, to kind of make him what he is? Has he done what he's doing now before? Has his experience with Candace made him what he is now? like he's like I'm not doing that again. I'm going to I'm going this route or something. Maybe. I don't know. So what, what 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 other thoughts did you have?
2: Well, I kind of so the other thing I kind of thought about with this too is, you know, we we don't really hear him talk about Candace at all or anything like that. And he makes mm-hmm. he makes a comment about when he sees her, I think when she was sitting on the counter and uh she just had her phone next to him, but he talks about or he says something in his head kind of where it's like it's funny what kind of memories you can knock loose. Mhm or what memories stick with you. It just kind of made me think of, you know, with his concussion from getting beat up and his concussion by missing Bambi. It just kind of feels like maybe these things he's repressed. And because in this like concuss moment, these Mm -hmm. things are starting to come out.
1: Oh, that's true. It's interesting what head injuries can make, you know, come to light.
2: Yeah. And so that's why I'm wondering if like all these things of like where he talked about like, well, I've never killed anybody for with Benji, or I've never done anything like this before. He's just repressed that enough that he doesn't think he did, or he doesn't mm-hmm. know he did. And so like these kind of cause I mean, right now you think he he's killed Benji, he's killed uh Peaches in this now. And it's it's gotta be a super traumatic moment for somebody. Yeah. And he's gonna be riding this emotional high that, oh my God, I won, I get Pete, or I get uh Beck. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like that's when like I think his perimeter that he set up his wall he set up to keep those things at bay is going to come crumbling down, and now all these things are going to start flooding his flooding flooding his head.
1: That's a good point, and that's just a thought. Pretty well, I, I find it very interesting. Uh, it would be interesting to see where we go from here and how you know, where where that leads us anyway, down the rabbit hole. And like I said, hopefully we'll get some more Candace um and find out a little bit more about what happened or at least about Joe's past. I feel like we're we're gonna have to get a little bit deeper into Joe's past. I don't know that I need to know everything, but I would certainly I think we need a little bit more information just to kind of understand what motivates him or where this is coming from. How did he become what he became, I don't know it's like serial killers I'm so fascinated with serial killers and it's like I want to understand what what their motivations are bless
2: you thank you <laughs> <laughs> I waiting for that. <laughs> but yeah that's my number three is Candace I think we're going to see a lot more I think we're going to see a little bit of trickling come in about his past too it might yeah not, we might not get a full picture but I think we're going to kind of start seeing some of the outlines that kind of start either connecting these dots or leading us down a completely different path.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um I think that now that Pandora's box has been opened, you know, we might get a little bit more of that, you know, now that we've kind of, you know, I should say in quotes met Candace. And we haven't really met yeah. her, just um Joe's uh version of her anyway. So I like it. Like it. Um okay so my number two is the fight uh, with pe- Peaches and Beck? I really have to like not have their names next to each other because I, I want to like combine them, like they're a couple. You know how like you do?
2: Like, <laughs> they're Beach. Oh wait, yeah. damn it,
1: Beaches. That's what we. Can, that's what we can call them. We'll call them Beaches because um, I, I, I want to combine their name, like you do couples <laughs> when you're when you're shipping someone and you put their names together or whatever. Like Jennifer, ben yeah, yeah. Jennifer Lopez. I'm old enough to live through that whole thing. Um, but anyway, that, that fight that Peaches and Beck have, man, they finally have it out. They had it out a little bit, um, in New York when Beck was really mad at Peach for, you know, setting her up with that agent and how that whole thing went and finding out how she kind of manipulated that situation. Um, but they have it out again there at this beautiful Salinger estate, um, that they're staying at, which was super nice. Haven't talked about that yet. What a beautiful oh, home, yeah, castle, whatever it was. And um, the
2: master suite tub. Oh, Jets in all the right places.
1: That's important, Sean. This, that's For your important. feet? <laughs> yep. <laughs> 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 yep. Um, but I'm telling you, this fight, you know, because oh, Beck, I feel like she just, I'm not rooting for Peach, but Beck just grates my nerves and, man, Peach slays Beck during this. and um, She really kind of gives it to her and she's got a great couple lines. I like when she says, don't make your desperate ending need for attention about me. Um, I think earlier in the episode she said, I hate to see you conforming to a system that is designed to crush individuality. Gosh, she had some great lines um, and she really kind of gave it to her. And Beck... During this argument, what really annoyed me is like she keeps forget. It's like she's completely forgotten that her her most uh, recent academic effort, which in of itself was a miracle, that this advise her, this advisor offered to get her hooked up with an agent um, yeah. and, and kind of get reach out to her with jobs. I thought that was a miracle because. They, she didn't seem to be getting a whole lot of glowing praise from this well, it advisor.
2: It seemed like she's getting a lot of stuff done. She's written like one or two essays, it seems, in I the know. last couple months. Like
1: she, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, sure. They just kind of give her a pat on the head. But anyway, she somehow manages out of all of this to to you know get some praise um, and then get this job opportunity from her professor. And it's like, did Beck suddenly forget that? she, does she ever follow up on any of those offers to do these essays and reviews? Because she's talking during this argument, like her career is flailing and it's not going anywhere, but it's like, um, or how it's kind of stalling out, I guess, um, her experience with her MFA role, but it seems like things are finally kind of clicking into place now that she's with this new advisor and she's in this new, you know, little writing group and stuff that she's in.
2: And Joe's and, doing her laundry, so she has so much more time to exactly. do her work.
1: She's got all this time to do these things now because he's doing her laundry. He's cooking her breakfast. He's taking care of yep. her,
2: which... Loves, um, loves their routine.
1: I know. It, it really is um, interesting to think how he believes that if he's the perfect boyfriend, that Beck will... You know, forget about Peach, not want to be around Peach, kind of see maybe Peach for who she is, and just always want to be with Joe and really see him for who he is, which is the perfect, in his eyes anyway, boyfriend. Um, But boy, is he wrong. Um, He forgets about that history there, which he learns when Peach has her little suicide attempt that she's going to keep going back around to her um, because of that. But anyway, I really just enjoyed that little fight because. I know I'm supposed to be kind of... I, I don't know. Are we supposed to be kind of rooting for Beck? is Are we supposed to be feeling bad? for I don't think she deserves to be stalked. I don't think she deserves to be obsessed over. But what I have a problem with Beck, she really just grates me because I feel like when we have a, a heroine in the story or a female character like Beck, who is so aggressively unremarkable, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow everyone in the story is just completely infatuated with her and fights over her. And it's like, nobody is immune to her charms. Every guy and most of the women, as we see can't contain themselves and they just have to have her. Um, and it just annoys the hell out of me because it's like, I don't think this character in Beck that we've met supports that narrative and it really bugs the shit out of me because I'm just not seeing it. <laughs> I don't know. So I really kind of liked how Peach gets in her, you know, her two cents. So that's that's my number two is I'm being a mean girl tonight. That's where <laughs> I'm at. I'm just being a mean girl.
2: No, I like it. Um, so my number two, I think uh, it's just interesting to kind of talk about Joe's wandering around this house.
1: Oh, my God. Which. Freaking hilarious. I mean, it was absurd, but hilarious.
2: It was. Yeah. I mean, it was very childish, too. Like, you see him peeking in on Beck getting in the bathtub. And then Peach steps in front of him and is peeking. He's like, oh, my God, you pervert.
1: Give her some privacy. (laughs) It was just hilarious. I'm like, dude, you're stuck in her, too.
2: (laughs) And so, like, you see, like, it's very childish of him when he walks down the stairs and he slams the door to get Peach's attention away from Beck.
1: Yep,
0: um,
2: and like in so many moments in this, he should have got caught. You
1: Absolutely.
2: Know, one, he gets up there from his concussion. He's gonna sew his own gash together and passes out with the needle stuck in his head.
1: How the hell that he uh, he lucked out? They were gone all day shopping. Oh yeah.
2: Well, I think like it's the uh, it's the was it Schroeder shotgun or. What's the shotgun thing we always talk about in shows? Like if you see the shotgun, che-
1: Chekhov's, Checkoff gu- shotgun. Yeah. yeah, Chekhov's gun. It's um, like the rule.
2: Yeah, so we kind of got that here, but we also got as he's watching them, he's standing there, he's like, "Oh my god, I have to pee," and so <laughs> he takes a jar and pees in it and leaves it, and of course, like instantly, we see that's like, "Well, there's some DNA or there's some evidence."
0: Exactly.
2: But again, it was very absurd just the way he was walking around, the way he didn't get caught. He uh he sneaks underneath the bed. I guess they were kinda high on some opioid, it sounded like.
1: MDMA with a dash of organic, did he say? Op op opiate? Which MDMA, that's ecstasy.
2: Okay. That's right? what I thought it would yeah. have been something like that.
1: So I've been told. Ecstasy.
2: But but that'd be like everybody like every dude like I said earlier, it's every dude's like worst nightmare is like You're like, oh, my God. She's like, it's just a weekend with her and her girls, but I bet there's a guy there. No, you're being silly. Of course, (laughs) Joe proves that there is a dude there. There's Raj, who I think what we find out from Peaches, she's a little bit more uh, aggressive in bed.
1: She was aggressive. Yes.
2: Raj was a he didn't seem like he was too excited about it, but I didn't hear him complain. (laughs)
1: It was hilarious, Joe's line, and it's not verbatim, so I'm kind of paraphrasing here, saying how um, he's he's getting boned right now, but not like Raj or not in the same way as yeah, Raj. Yeah. That that delivery of that line was absolutely perfect when he, he, he said, oh, God, that's interesting. Um, poor guy. I don't know if that's what he wanted to do or not, but whether he wanted it or not, he got it.
2: Yeah, I just hope she kind of lubed it up a little bit
1: let's hope for his sake
2: yeah interesting
1: situation
2: but joe was in like a lot of weird situations in this for sure he's under the bed when this happens and um his concussion and his thoughts of candace kind of lead him into my number one but uh yeah
1: i liked all of that i like everything that you just said and i i just some of it was funny his his prancing around the house you know sneaking around and trying to hide and be quiet and clever um but and other times it was absurd we've talked before about his terrible stalking skills like he would literally be standing right out on the sidewalk (laughs) watching back from her window and then here comes a guy running down the street and he's like oh i'm just tying my shoes or you know he's just wearing a hat and he's staring at her from across the street it's like dude you're you were not attempting to even disguise yourself at all or or make any attempt that you're literally standing right there across the street, staring at her window for who knows how long. Um, There were so many times, like you said, he should have been caught. He was literally in the room across the hall where they're all, um, you know, just starting to take that drug. And it's not even in effect yet. They're not drunk. They're not high yet. And, And he's like right there in the damn doorway. And they're all kind of like you can see the side view. So all they needed to do was just kind of turn their head and see him standing right there.
2: And I always feel like most people kind of have that, like, I feel like somebody's here. And of all three yes. of them, I feel like they would notice. And plus the fact that he got, like, the shit knocked out of him. You know there had to have been, like, blood dripping still. And, like, yeah, there had to have been some good evidence that he was there.
1: And how he managed to stay, like, because you're, you're trying to be quiet um, and, and not make a lot of noise. I feel like when you're hurt or injured, it makes it a lot more difficult to be quiet and graceful because, yeah. you know, you're not feeling very great. Um, and also I'm like, I, the house is very old now. It looks like it has had some modernization, you know, um, but how are those stairs not creaking a little bit? How do the floors the not thing. creak a little bit when he's upstairs walking around and they're all downstairs and stuff i mean I get that it's a it's a nice place, but it is old. Um, so there's gotta be some creaks in the floor that when you step on it, you're going to hear either footsteps or you're going to hear that. I just seemed a little bit too weird that he was able to walk around. And another thing. So you talked about when he had passed out, um, when he was getting ready to sew up his, his, um, cut on his forehead and he has <laughs> a funny image of him waking up with that damn <laughs> needle <laughs> stuck in his forehead. Oh, I could never, ever sew myself. Like that. Every time I see somebody do something like freaking rainbow or some shit when they sew up their own wounds oh, yeah, yeah. and shit. Oh my God, forget it. Just just knock me the hell out. But anyway, um, I thought you cannot tell me that a house does not have either a cook or a housekeeper oh, or a combination yeah, of both. You are not telling me that Peach made that breakfast herself.
2: Yeah. I was kinda no, that's Come a good on. point. I didn't think about it till after Because when she made the breakfast, I was like, yeah, same boat. Like, she didn't make that like somebody else did. But that's a good point. There had to have been somebody there, a caretaker or something like that.
1: Somebody has a butler, a caretaker. um, Because it did not look like anybody was, like, permanently living in that house. It didn't look like there were no other people anyway, but those two. So I'm guessing nobody was occupying the house on a permanent basis like they live there monday through friday whatever yeah. or on the weekends or something Such but somebody oh, no shit god that place was beautiful i love those old old homes like that just gorgeous yeah, but you, know um, what you
2: get with all those old homes ghosts
1: well if they're friendly i can live with that <laughs> i can i can deal with that as long as they're nice and they keep to themselves and leave me the hell alone um but it's like who I, – I don't believe for a second that Peach made that damn breakfast herself. You know, that was a, quite a spread. Um, and also, who's making their beds? Who's cleaning up and things like that? I know they're not doing that on their own, you know, as far as keeping up that house. So then to know that Joe is sneaking around all over the place and he's been lying there half the day um, with a needle stuck out of his head, it just seemed a little bit too far off because I feel like somebody would have been there at the house, you know, just – Cleaning while the girls were gone, shopping or cleaning up the kitchen mess or having like a meal prepared for later. I don't know. It just seemed a little off. Um, but I like that. I like that. Does that go? Was that your number one? Was that, that was my
2: number? number
1: two. Well, I already talked about my number one and that was Candace.
2: Okay. So, so my number one is just simply second murder question mark. Mm. so we see joe kind of getting his interaction uh, with peach right at the end he gets caught finally and he plays a little possum and ends up we hear a single gunshot at the end of the episode yep and this because at this whole time i'm kind of thinking like well how the hell is joe going to get out of this and we find out that he does pretty easily he basically he's already got you know peach has a history of trying to commit suicide so he writes a, a suicide note frames it like a suicide, and they move on their way. But it kept leading me back to that same idea I said a little bit earlier about, like, these memories getting knocked loose and that I don't think this is his second murder. I think this guy's got a history of these (laughs) things, and so I'm kind of hoping that we get that stuff exposed uh, before the end of the season.
1: Yeah, he seems pretty comfortable with killing people. I mean, he's a little clumsy. He's clumsy about it, but he's kind of comfortable with it. I mean, I feel like if you or I were to... Do something like that. I feel like you know, be struggling a little bit (laughs) consciously with
2: that. And his first one was actually like done very serial killer. Takes him to a spot where only he has access to, and he poisoned him. He didn't. I mean, I guess disposing of the body was a little clumsy, but but like with her, like this was a very like seemed like a very well planned thing. And for somebody to be concussed to do that, write that really well written letter sounded like peach. It did, and. And I keep going back to like the, you talked about like he's the writer in his story,
0: mm-hmm. so
2: I feel like this is a guy that has those skills. And I again, there's just so many paths you could go with this, but yeah, totally. I, I know we we've, we've talked about it a bunch, but like, are you starting to feel like this guy has a history of this, or do you think like we're seeing his origin? Like, this is the first time he's done some of these things.
1: It's uh, I feel like it's hard to say because I kind of. I kind of feel what you're saying as far as like, he's probably done some of the, maybe not as, as went as far. Like, I feel like we're seeing an escalation point, but I feel like he has done things in the past, hurt people to a certain level. That's maybe close to, to murdering people. And maybe he has, and maybe he has repressed or, uh, you know, repressed these memories. And they're just now kind of coming to the surface a little bit now that he's kind of had his head, you know, um, you know, rung like a bell and they're starting to shake some of those loose. So he's starting to, you know, and some of these things are coming to the surface. But I feel like he's so damn clumsy about it. He's certainly not very methodical. He's he's an unorganized serial killer is what I'm thinking. Yeah. He's just not he's getting better. He got better with Peach, which is what he should have done in the first place. The whole knocking her head or knocking her in the head in the middle of Central Park in the broad daylight and chucking the rock over in the bushes with his blood and stuff on it. That was so dumb and clumsy on his part. What he did here is what he should have done all along. I mean, have we yeah. not seen Heathers? She's already committed suicide or sorry, not committed, but attempted suicide once. Her friends know about it and stuff, so it's completely plausible that he should be like break into her house or do something and make it look like it was a suicide killer yeah. make it look like it's just like Heathers one oh one. Have we not seen Heathers? Um
2: <laughs> that's what I thought he was going to do with, like, the pills and stuff. Like, I thought he was going to, like, increase her dosage so she's – because – and they kind of laid that out because she wrote down everything she did. Right. So she put down, like, 200 milligrams, but really what she was taking was, like, you know, 3,000 milligrams or something like that, something she couldn't come back from.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. This is is what I thought he finally got right um, when he was um, trying to think of a way, you know, to get rid of peach. Um, but he didn't plan this. He he took the opportunity and thought, you know, because, he, you know, they have that struggle with the gun and we hear the single gunshot and then he, you know, stages the whole thing to look like, you know, her suicide. And it would totally make sense because of her past history. Uh, we also know that her and Beck had the fight, you know, uh, so... Beck would have no reason to really question, you know, I don't believe she would have committed suicide because, well, yes, she's tried in the past. Beck doesn't think that they're not legit. Joe saw right through it, but Beck thinks they were legit attempts anyway. So now this time she went through with it all the way. Um, She knows the fight that they had. She knows that she would have been in distress. You know, she would have been in that, like, in her head, in that, um, you know, headspace. Um, So... This is what he should have done to begin with. He's he actually kind of learning a little bit.
2: So Agreed. But yeah, that was my number one is just the second murder.
1: Oh, I like it. I like it. Well, I already talked about my number one, but just talking a little bit about, you know, um, the murders. I'm going to move into some of my notes because I do have a couple of notes to talk about. Um, he, <laughs> So he kept some of Benji's personal items. And... I'm just like, again, dude, what are you thinking? You should have burned that. He pulls out a watch and a hat. I don't know what else he has of his. Um, It's all I can think. And let me be clear. I've never committed a homicide. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a Brett, I've never blacked out Kavanaugh kind of way. But bro. Bro. He's Joe is very clumsy at evidence disposal. He should have burned that shit when he burned Benji. Sorry, um, yeah. no no loose ends, no That's loose right. ends. Make and my ass itch. He's he's terrible at this. He's kept all of that, and he's got his pee in a jar in that house, and he's got his fingerprints everywhere.
2: There's probably blood all over from him too, dripping all over the place.
1: He's got to have a few droplets of blood from his head wound. Um, and, yeah, fingerprints and a and a jar of his pee that I'm sure he never came back for. He said he'd come back for it. I'm sure he never did. No. So he's very clumsy. I'm sorry. Murder 101. Look it up. <laughs> um, and then do we really believe Peach takes her laptop with her everywhere? Like the party? Um, do we believe that she really? Uh,
2: yeah, that's a good point.
1: I mean <laughs> – I know people, you know, do travel a lot with their, with their laptops. I know I take mine a lot of places too, or like when I travel and I work from home. So if I leave, you know, even if it's not for work, I might still log on and, you know, be like, at least try to catch up on emails and things like that, or at least be available if I need to be or something. Um, So, but I mean, I don't take it with me if I'm at a dinner party. I don't take it with me if I'm at, you know, some type of party like that. That just seemed a little bit too weird. I don't also believe that she has a handwritten journal for her food diary. I feel like this would be on her phone. Um, and I, it, it was a little bit hard for me to believe that Joe kind of his taking her, the laptop back to her place and in time for her to not find it or something. I don't know. That was just a little bit unrealistic to me. Um, I was annoyed with Beck when Peach was in Joe's apartment accusing him of taking the laptop and how she kept coming at him. And Beck's just like, eh. She just kind of shrugs her shoulders like, eh, sorry. like, say something. (laughs) Um, That was annoying. Talked about the nasal spray that was in there. Um, His pee and his prints all over the house talked about that. The copper in the plates, what happens next? What do you think? Where where, where, do we where do we go from here? We're on what? That was episode five and six. We've got seven, eight, nine, episodes and ten. Left we still right? got, yeah, we still got
2: four whole episodes. I mean, it's got to come back to bite him at some point or, or it's going to be somehow that's going to lead to him. But he, uh, it feels like the theme of these is it gets to a point where it's like you can't get away with this. And he comes up with something that makes sense. And everybody kind of looks away. Right. It's a whole idea of like people want to believe their own. They want to believe the story that fulfills the thing they're looking for.
1: That's true. Would well, they they fit the story to fit their world perspective exactly, and view yeah. of that? So yeah. Well, those that's all the notes that I had. Did you have any notes that you wanted to add or cover? Uh,
2: got a couple. Uh, like I like that Candace um, calls him Bunny.
1: Oh yeah, that was what's that, Bunny?
2: Um, he uh, after he hits Peach in the head, and he as he's talking to his head, he basically is kind of asking Beck in his head if if she'll love him when he's in prison. um when uh when i saw peach's gun aerosmith kicked into my head
1: janey's got a gun yeah
2: peach's (laughs) got a gun which is kind (laughs) of stupid but um uh let's see and then we didn't really even talk about it but um peaches has a picture uh, a polaroid picture of beck in a bikini
1: Mm, which joe really likes
2: he did really like and like i said this is the first time my wife's watched this with me and when he (laughs) found that picture i'm sitting there i'm like he's totally gonna jerk off to that picture she's like no totally jerked off to that picture
1: (laughs) and randomly while there's a dinner party happening upstairs in the creepy murder basement yeah, well, yeah, you knew he was gonna do it because we saw in how many episodes back when he's standing across the street, yeah, you know, watching, yeah, watching her, yeah. and um, so yeah, I, I, I was there with you. I was like, I know what you're gonna do. Yeah,
2: you got that. You got that.
1: He's got that well placed
2: mm-hmm. jet look in your eye.
1: Yeah, he's got that look. We knew. <laughs> we called it. I knew it was gonna happen.
2: But, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had for my notes and, and my numbers.
1: Love that. You're, your poor wife. You watch these shows <laughs> or these yeah. weird movies that I make you watch. And she's like, and what does
2: Rima make you watch? I'm like, well, we can watch cam. We're supposed to watch that next. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah. I totally take that. She can call me on that. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll totally tell her that was my idea. I got your back. Sean got your back on that. Um, Anyway, good notes, good top five. I'm excited to watch the next couple and see where this goes because I think we're really heating up uh, with the story. And, um, you know, maybe Joe, you know, getting some flack for um, what he's done. It's going to be hard to hide some of that evidence. Um Okay, so time for some feedback. We got some really great feedback from, this sh- uh, from some of you great listeners this week. First one we have is from good friend Rachel Till. Hi, Rachel. She says, this episode has the best line in the show so far, courtesy of Peach, of course. I had no idea he was using again. He's been clean since 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, Beck, when it happened, he was in an airport. Can't handle it. I love finding out that Peach is just as obsessed with Beck as Joe is. So much crazy surrounding this girl. To quote Heath Ledger in one of the best movies of all time, what is it with this chick? She have beer-flavored nipples?
2: (laughs) Is that 10 Things I Hate About You?
1: Oh, my God. You know what? It might be. I love that movie. You'd think I'd remember that because I've only seen 10 Things I Hate About You um, uh, probably a million times. It's like my favorite romantic comedy. Yeah, it's not your typical romantic. Comedy. I like
2: it. It's not. Yeah, it's not bad. But I'm a, I'm like a kid of that era too, so kind of like those things. Kind of like you watch those. I think if you're a little bit older, you be like, oh, those are stupid teen comedies. But like I was like a preteen, so I was like, oh, I'm getting to watch this movie that I shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, super fun. I loved Heath Ledger. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is absolutely adorable, and uh, I thought it was great. I do love that. I watch it all the time when it's on TV. That's probably right. That has to be a good call. On that one, Sean, I, love I miss Heath Ledger.
2: Our next note comes from Doug Fix. Okay, now we are getting somewhere. A few small jaw droppers. However, Joe is not very good at whacking people in the head. Oh, for 2, Joe. You'll never get to the big leagues that way. <laughs> is it me or does it seem like in every movie or show when somebody gets hit or shot and is lying on the ground, there's always a slow ooze of dark red blood forming a puddle around them. Perhaps there's a quota that needs to be filled or needs to be met by the union. <laughs> I assume Sean was intrigued by the Beck-Peach sequence. I may have been as well. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that was... Again, that was kind of like, as a guy, <laughs> you're like, oh, my, my wife's is staying with her friend. Oh, I bet they're totally making out right now. Mm. But Joe seemed upset about it. He didn't seem like... Of course, Peach isn't, like, probably the girl of his... It's not recently. just...
1: Right. Well, and it's not just, like... Girlfriend. This is like girl that like has it out for him yeah. and she like really does have a thing for Beck and is trying to interfere in the relationship. It's not just like, oh, she's just making out with one of her girlfriends in a hot kind of way.
2: Yeah. Oh, this was like yeah, this would have been like his like, oh my God, she's cheating on me kind exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah. Uh let's see. So it seemed to stretch that after being drugged into unconsciousness, Ron was able to wake and beat the shit out of Joe. Yeah, we kinda of talked about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, no wonder he couldn't finish off Benji or Peach with one blow. <laughs> He lacks the required upper body strength. Sean, maybe you should train him. I probably should. Yeah. Uh, It was great to finally see Candace in Joe's hallucinations, and this clearly alludes to the history of this behavior. R.I.P. Peach, I liked not liking you. (laughs) I got a laugh when Joe said that Paco was his... Associate. Associate. Oh, when trying to blackmail Peach. Now, if Peach was willing to shoot Joe, why not finish him off? The gun struggle scenarios cliche and overdone. Yeah, I kind of agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the gunfire, where was Raj? That's a good point. No, that's true. He's probably recovering. <laughs> uh, the gun. Let's see. He must have been somewhere sitting on a bag of frozen peas or inflatable donuts. <laughs> Poor Raj. Uh, That ukulele song that was playing was also sung by Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters in The Jerk. Fun fact. Oh, that's cool. Oh. My problem is, who do we root for now? Who is likable? Why is the Beck the object of two obsessions? Not singing yet. Maybe that may be part of the message. HMM. Not sure if I actually like the show, but I can't not not watch it. So I like it. Rock on, you two.
1: I like that, Doug. That's great feedback. <laughs> and I'm still laughing. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I had written down on here that that was a voicemail from Laura Willie Swink. And actually, it was not. She wrote us an email. So, this is an email from Laura um, that I will read now. So, Rima and Sean, I'll admit it, I can really appreciate Joe's ability to call out the shallow bullshit of Beck's peers and his suffers-no-fools mentality, but I'll also admit I get a little gleeful when Joe gets his ass handed to him, even if it was from his neighbor's shitty, abusive boyfriend, who really needs a righteous beating of his own. Yes, he does, Laura. Mm Because Joe is absolutely the worst. Aside from the fact that he's a kidnapper, a killer, and a very subtle abuser. Oh, Beck, you don't know what's good for you. Let me pull all the strings in your life and save you. Ugh. But very worst of all, he knows of a child in an abusive home, and what does he do? Instead of reporting this to authorities like a normal, intelligent adult— he enlists and endangers Paco in, first helping him to dispose of a dead body, and then rather than helping Paco and his mother escape a toxic situation, he lies to Paco and tells him that he'll end up in the foster system taken from his mother and instead coer- coerces him to suck it up, wait it out, and bear his pain in silence as he plots his long-game revenge. I agree with Paco. That's some bull-shit. I know Joe's character is meant to be conflicting, but I'm not at all conflicted about the fact that he must be destroyed. And for all her spoiled and petty ways, Peach is no dummy. I was glad she survived his attack, and I hope she burns his ass. I'm also glad that Joe isn't depicted as a smirking, gleeful psychopath who gets away with murder, but actually does face some consequences and pitfalls. I'm enjoying all the twists and turns of the show, and it doesn't seem to fall into typical TV tropes. And Rima, you totally called it. I still wasn't sure after the last episode that Peach and Beck were no more than close friends, but you saw it coming. Peach is totally in love with Beck. And another great Strange Indeed prediction come true. Keep them coming, guys. I'm loving the podcast. Laura. Well, thanks Laura. Thank you, Laura. That's some really good. That's something we haven't really talked about a lot, and I'm glad that you brought that up laura um is is Joe. We've talked a little bit about how Joe does these nice little things for Paco, but yeah, he does kind of turn a blind eye to that. I mean, and I always
2: kind of <laughs> feel like that's because if you start getting authorities asking around, it's gonna it- kind of put his. sure stuff in danger too so i think that's probably a lot of it
1: yeah i think yeah you're right i think it's probably self-serving why he's not getting involved because then the cops are going to come ask him questions and really the last thing he needs are the cops in his lives we've already kind of seen a little bit you know the cops kind of you know with with ron you know calling the cops after he finds that little serial killer list um from paco um and how he definitely doesn't especially right now he doesn't need cops in his life um after he's just he's gotten he or he's killed benji he's killed peach um and and all of that's happened so it's definitely yeah he's definitely not doing some good things and he's not really helping paco like he thinks he's helping him anyway um that's some really great feedback um thank you laura Now we have a voicemail from our good friend, Steve Brown.
3: Hello, Raven Sean. This is Steve, and I'm not going to miss the deadline this week. I uh, have one quote that I really liked from the last episode or from the captain. uh, What is it about motel rooms? Maybe chuckle. And uh, interesting that uh, (laughs) Joe's insight was able to help Beck get back to writing. And then uh, in this episode here, Living with the Enemy, why does my kidney hurt? <laughs> yeah. I, I laughed about that. <laughs> and uh, Joe accusing someone of being a creepy, a creeper, or being cre- creeping was uh, was pretty funny. Um, and then uh, the runner's high is a myth was was pretty funny as well. And uh, I just finished the episode, and it was it was very tempting to go to the next one, but I'm uh, I'm going to wait until after I hear what you guys uh, said about the last one and then about this one here because I haven't had a chance to listen to last week's podcast yet but uh, this uh, is really interesting I don't know where this is going you know is uh, uh, with Peach being alive how is that going to affect you know did she see him Uh, you know I you'd have to think not because it was from behind but uh, who knows and then uh, of course he threw the rock Away, but it sounded like it hit a fence or something. So, you know, you would think the police would like search the area, and uh, they might be able to find that rock. So, I'd be a little concerned about that if I was if I was Joe. And uh, it was interesting him when he ran away from her uh, there in the park. You know, he 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 runs the whole gamut from uh, feeling guilty and what's he going to say to the detectives to justifying his actions there at at the end of his little inner monologue. And am I the only one that it's uh, th- sometimes it's confusing what's said out loud and what's being thought. I don't know if anybody else uh, has that that issue or not. Uh, but uh, talk to you later.
2: Good voicemail. Yeah, there's especially in this one with his concussion. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was almost having that interaction between him and his mind. There's yeah. a few times where he's like, "Oh my god, I'm going crazy." "You're not going crazy." "Oh, I feel like I'm going crazy." "No, I'm not crazy." <laughs> kind of those kind of interactions kind of things.
1: Right. Yeah, that seemed seem kind of real. I talk to myself all too often and argue with myself, so I can kind of relate to that. Not the I'm crazy, no, you're not crazy. It's maybe once I've done that. But, you know, I talk to myself a lot, so I kind of laugh when he when he's doing that. He's having those internal dialogues. I talk to – I do these practice dialogues in my head because I, I get – sometimes oh, so thing, yeah. flustered yeah do we do that uh, you know okay so I'm not the only one thank God because I feel like a weirdo sometimes like because <laughs> I feel like what I say in my head makes a lot of sense but when my mouth opens up I make zero sense and like it doesn't come out at all so I kind of practice like if I have to you know say something important to someone regardless of who or what it is but if it's something that I feel like is kind of important that I get this right I say this the right way I will practice it in my head and you kind of practice how the conversation is gonna go so I I laugh a lot you know seeing Joe do that or just having these conversations in his head when we get his internal dialogue so I'm like oh my god I'm so glad nobody has like a microphone yeah. into my internal thoughts can hear the crazy shit in my head and we don't need that you guys yeah. don't need that in your life you get enough on this podcast when the Black
2: Mirror <laughs> episode comes out where they can hear what your thoughts are like nope that's nope. where pass. Yep. Desert Island I go.
1: Absolutely. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm hooked up, but I am not going so far as to hook up that far. Um we don't need to hear that. Really great feedback from everyone this week. Um a lot of that was for episode five. I kind of added the last minute that we were also covering episode six. So, you know, if you guys still want to, you know, I love getting feedback, no matter the episode that we're on, as long as it's not too far ahead that we don't get spoiled. But if it's on a current, um, that we're covering or a past episode, we always appreciate any feedback. So if you guys got kind of, um, side swiped by us covering episode six as well, feel free to leave that, um, on the next one. And we will gladly, um, read it out thanks everyone for taking the time i love your guys's thoughts on this show you guys really do crack me up you've got some really great insight as well so thanks for taking the time
2: yeah thanks everybody uh so next week we'll be covering the seventh episode and the eighth episode from this netflix tv show you so episode seven is titled everything ship so the description of this this episode is a grieving beck turns to therapy which leads joe to do the same but for different reasons. Joe's plans for Beck's birthday don't go as expected. Hmm. And episode eight for you is titled, Got Me, Babe. Uh, And so this one is three months later, life is good for Joe and Beck, but a series of reconnections may spell trouble for Joe's current relationship.
1: Oh, so we get a time jump.
2: Looks like it, yeah.
1: You got me, babe. That's like the Cindy and Cher song, I got you, babe. I love that song.
2: It's a good song. It's uh my uh my nephew was doing that to my sister when he was little.
1: Aww,
2: She'd go like, you got me, babe. That's cute.
1: Aww, how adorable! <laughs> I love those cute little kids' stories. Um, well, we're, we are really excited for you to follow us into the book basement. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange T Cast.
2: You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com/ Stranger t strangertcast and you can check us out on Instagram at Strange Underscore Indeed Underscore Pod.
1: You can email us at StrangerThingscastpod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the T V time
2: app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like House Podcastica at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. And if you check out the latest episode where we where House Podcastica reviews Battle of the Bastards. Uh, I got to jump on and do a little discussion on that. It was an awesome episode, awesome time, oh uh, so go check it out.
1: Do you have fun with Kristen? You guys have Oh, fun? yeah. It
2: I haven't asked her
1: yet, so I didn't I love,
2: know. Uh, I love being on the show with her. She's just got so much knowledge about Game of Thrones and – it I just, know rewatching those just gets me like so hyped for the new season so it's a lot of fun.
1: I always get myself pumped like I'm feeling really good about my knowledge of this show and then I talk to Kristen and I'm completely deflated because <laughs> she knows so much. She's got such great insight and uh, I watched, which I've seen Battle of the Bastards, I can't even tell you how many times, but it's been a little bit since I did the rewatch. And um, so I jumped ahead a little bit and I watched it yesterday just nice. so I could listen to you guys. Because I thought, you know, I've seen it a bunch, but I feel like I need it kind of fresh in my head. Yeah, and yeah. so I can listen to you guys so that way I don't feel like, what? Wait a minute, what was that in that episode? Um, so yeah, I'm pumped and I'm ready to um, listen to you guys Definitely check out um, House Podcastica Game of Thrones. It's coming back April 14th, guys. It is right around the corner. And if you are not rewatching, like if you're a super fan like the rest of us are, you should be rewatching right now in prep and you should be listening to House Podcastica because um, uh, there's been some great co hosts that Kristen has had, including me and Sean, um, <laughs> on several episodes. Um, and we have a great time with it. Um, And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday.
2: Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's our show, Episode 78, Living with the Enemy and Amor Fu.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Sean.
1: And Don Elizabeth is Strange Indeed.